0: What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 335, powered by Rageworks, broadcasting live February 17th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich. Our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number 347-324-3541. We got a big show this week, lots of stuff to discuss, including all the latest and greatest in the world of MMA, we're going to get into what's going on on the wrestling side of things, including uh, the latest developments in the Titus O'Neill suspension. We are also going to talk about this past Monday's Raw. I'm going to give my fast lane picks. We got some MMA picks for the fights this weekend and some picks for the Bellator event tomorrow on Friday night. Got my days confused. But yeah, it's Friday night for the Bellator event. In addition to that, we are going to announce our pop contest which we are working with entertainment earth to provide you guys and um we're going to be doing that as well in addition we also are going to talk about some of the other giveaways if you are watching the show you will see that there are some things that you know we're going to be giving away behind me and um, we're going to get into that as well uh val not sure what's going on with the stream um but i'm hoping that it is uh a momentary issue, so to speak. We'll see. I'm going to look into it. Um, worst case, refresh your page. Let me know what's going on with that. And, um, we will get into this week's show. But before we start that, a little housekeeping first, uh, this past weekend, we covered the 2016 toy fair. For those of you that have been following RageWorks on Instagram, I'm sure your timeline was flooded with lots of toys. Um, and lots of cool stuff that we had on on deck for you guys. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be posted on Rageworks as well. And um, that should be coming in the coming days. But we're trying to do more on the social side of things. Instagram was up and running. Um, I was just informed that the uh, stream is not running for whatever reason. Not sure why. Only because it shows that the stream is running here. Um, I got, I got no idea, you guys. Um, what the hell is that? Why is this shit's so loud. How, how about we banish that? Because obviously that's not, that's not quiet. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, uh, lots of Toy Fair coverage, including uh, Instagram. We did some stuff on Snapchat, a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, on my personal Facebook. We started doing some stuff on the Rageworks Facebook. The only problem is that Instagram does not let you post to brand pages. Uh, for those of you that are reaching out about the um, stream issues, uh, it's it's out of my control, guys. I mean, there's video I'm recording. Um, if we can't get it up and running, then it's got to be from the provider. And in that case, it would be stream up or restream. One of those guys is gonna ha- probably having some sort of a problem. But we are recording video, and you can still check out audio on mtrlive.com and participate in the chat as well. All right, so as I said, lots of Toy Fair stuff on deck. Uh, we're going to be giving away all the stuff on the table behind me over the next few days. Um, we're going to find different ways to do it. Um, but above all, the the biggest thing is going to be the pop contest contest which is live on RageWorks.net. Just go to RageWorks.net forward slash win WWE Pops. Again, it is RageWorks.net forward slash win WWE Pops, and you'll be able to enter the contest to win five WWE Pops, courtesy of our friends at Entertainment Earth. And um, you're going to get Roman Reigns. As a matter of fact, I will uh, show you guys about that just uh to- Make it easier. Hold on a second. So those are the pops that you would get. You would get Andre, The Rock, Roman Reigns, Brie Bella, and Paige. Those are the ones that we will be giving away. And the contest starts effectively now when we are on air, and will run until uh, next next Wednesday night at midnight, and we will announce the winner. During the MMA and wrestling edition of the show. Again, we're going to give those pops away to one lucky listener, viewer, or Rageworks fan. And they are being provided by our friends at Entertainment Earth. Really, really, really super simple. If you want to enter, all you got to do is go to the contest post and write in the comments section, share which pop, uh, which superstar, which WWE superstar, past or present you would like to see get the pot, the uh, the pop treatment and um, damn it, Jimbo slice fucking me up already. <laughs> um, well you know, you get to pick which WWE superstar past or present uh, should be released in pop form. And um, that's all you got to do. That counts as two entries. The other ways to enter are to follow rage on Twitter or following entertainment earth on Twitter. Each one of those count as one entry. So again, uh, commenting on the post gives you two chances to win. Uh, following Rageworks on Twitter gives you uh, one opportunity, and following Entertainment Earth gives you another. So, there you have it, guys. And the best part is uh, once we get the winners, we will forward it to Entertainment Earth and they will be shipping the pops directly to you guys. You're going to get three uh, in one package, and then you're going to get the other two in another package. As I said, uh, it's Roman Reigns, The Rock, Paige, Brie Bella, and Andre the Giant. So there you have it, guys. Definitely want to thank our friends at Entertainment Earth for providing those to us. And we definitely want to give you guys plenty of chances to enter. As I said, all you got to do is comment on the post on the site, on the contest, and let us know which WWE superstar, past or present, you would like to see released as a pop figure. Again, The other two options are to follow Entertainment Earth, which is at ENT Earth on Twitter. And of course, you can follow Rageworks on Twitter as well. Now, if you're not a Twitter user, as I said, you can go right to the site and comment. And that counts as two entries. Last but not least, a reminder, this contest will run until 12 midnight uh, the following Wednesday, at at which point we will choose a winner and announce it on air during the MMA and wrestling show. Uh, The other thing I did want to talk about, I received an email um, asking if we were accepting uh, new writers, and um, I want to tell this person, and only because they asked to not be referenced on air, that new writers are welcome to send in a sample and any pertinent details relevant to what in particular they would like to write about. Uh, we got a very uh, flexible post limit uh, for posts a month. Uh, that's pretty much the, the basic. And um, again, got to be active on social media, know your way around a site, etc., etc. et cetera. And um, first and foremost, writing samples, please send that over. We're not just going to throw anybody back there, uh, but definitely a writing sample is key. Familiarity with WordPress is a plus and we will take it from there. But again, if that is something you're interested in, feel free to drop me a line, uh, mtrhost at mytakeradio.com or rich at rageworks.net. All right, so let's get into this week's MMA news. There's a lot to discuss. I want to talk about the um, the Ronda Rousey news story, obviously, uh, the Sports Illustrated covers, her appearance on Ellen, uh, the fallout from that, and also where her future lies with regards to fighting. Uh, We're definitely going to get into that as well. So let's get the ball rolling and jump into this week's MMA. As many of you know, Ronda Rousey, it has been in the news this week. First for the sports illustrated cover second for her interview with Ellen DeGeneres, uh, third, obviously because of the constant constant news surrounding a rematch with Holly home, uh, Holly home right now is slated to defend her title against Misha Tate on the card with uh Conor McGregor and Rafael dos Anjos. Now the thing is, um, Ronda was going to take a rematch, but she is filming. I believe it is two films currently, and obviously she's going to she's got to fulfill those commitments before jumping back into the cage to get, you know, try and get her belt back. Um, Obviously, the Sports Illustrated cover story has been pretty much running rampant here in New York City. Obviously, there have been a lot of events centered around that, which I've seen um, a couple of people that I know covering that are involved in photography. But the crazy thing is that the, while the sports illustrated cover was cool and it was historic for a couple of different reasons. Um, obviously Rhonda being on the cover in, in a body paint swimsuit is something many were talking about. Uh, the other being a quote unquote plus size model, which, um, you know, everybody's definition of plus size varies. I just, it, it's just all fucking labels to sell books. But in any case, uh, Rhonda was on the cover and she was actively going around promoting her book. And um, she went on Ellen DeGeneres' show and was very vocal about her loss to Holly Holm. And um, the big story out of that was the fact that she said that she she actually entertained suicidal thoughts based on that, which is crazy. And, um, you know, initially I felt that, you know, it was... I didn't want to say it was forced or contrived because that's, you know, that's not something to make light of. And during a conversation yesterday with Jimbo slice, we were talking about it and, um, you know, he, he put it in perspective and I had seen the interview twice already, uh, watched it again today. And I realized that during my conversation with him yesterday, I said, you know, something about the interview didn't sit right with me. And I think it, I think it was just a way that, you know, she just was like, yeah, I kind of felt like killing myself and, you know, I, I felt that there was, it was, it was very, it was something very powerful. And, um, like I said, I still had an uneasy feeling about the interview. And the problem was that I was looking at the interview from the perspective of someone who tries to quote unquote, cover the sport. And the reason I say this is because if you guys remember when she lost her fight, the big thing was everybody was jumping in all oh, Rhonda was exhausted Ronda had shit going on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the issue with that is the fact that sure you can have a dozen things going on, but if you don't train correctly, if you don't have the right coaches, you know, to get you ready, you've already lost. Once that cage door closes it's just you and the other person. It's not a team sport. And the psychology that's at work is totally understandable. I mean, you know, When I was talking about it with Jimbo Slice, he said, you know, this is all she has, you know, this is all she's known for. And when I watched the interview again today while writing the notes for tonight's show, I realized that, you know, that's one of the things that she really tried to drive home. She was like, yo, I felt like shit. Um, This is all I have. You know, nobody's going to give a fuck about me after this is all said and done. Really, really just it, it was an interesting look into the psychology of a fighter. And it reminded me, which I totally forgot about when Anderson Silva lost and he had, you know, he he lost to Chris Weidman the first time. And then the second time when he got his leg broken, that Anderson Silva had to go see a sports psychologist, all this stuff, you know, and everybody handles losses differently. But going back to the conversation we had yesterday, I said, you know, I said to myself, you know, it's true. It's like if the only thing you're known for is this, and you're considered the most dominant in this, and you just get defeated so decisively, psychologically, it's going to destroy you because it's the only thing you know. And again, this, this falls back into something that we were talking about as well, which was her coaching. And as a mixed martial artist, as someone who is a champion and gets a lot of money, the fact is that you should have a coach for every aspect of your disciplines. You should have your judo coach. You should have your boxing coach, and I mean a real boxing coach, not an MMA boxing coach. You should have a BJJ coach, etc., etc., etc. You should have a team of coaches that not only will prepare you, but that also aren't your yes men. And that too was, I think, one of the reasons why I kind of just felt the way the interview played out, and everything leading up to it just didn't sit right with me because everybody's putting the blame on, you know, on Ronda. And yeah, Ronda definitely didn't go in there, you know, didn't go in there at a hundred percent. She did not train the way she needed to train. Um, during the conversation I had with Jimbo slice yesterday, we were talking about the boxing and, um, you know, he has a background in boxing and he was explaining to me, he's like, listen, you know, the way you have to stand and the way you do it, you know, there's, there's a certain science to it. And, she did not have that. You know, the punches that Ronda throws are, you know, subpar by MMA standards. And again, I'm not playing armchair analyst. I'm not playing a guy that tells fighters how they should or shouldn't have technique. But you also have to take into consideration that you're going in there fighting a, a woman who is uh, who was trained as a professional boxer. She has per, you know, her footwork was good. Her movement was good. And she made Ronda look like an amateur out there. And that just shows the disparity. uh, You know, the, the, the big, the big disconnect in terms of training, you know, like Val just mentioned, you know, it's, it's like how they do in, in, in Jackson Winklejohn, you know, there's different coaches for different things. Yes, it is a team effort to get you ready, but you have different coaches and different things. And again, being the proverbial face of women's MMA, you should be out there using your money to get those boxing coaches in there. You know, getting the Freddie Roach in there. You know, the Freddie Roaches in there, or any or anyone else for that matter. I mean, there's no better example than George St. Pierre, who trained with Freddie Roach prior to his fight with Josh Koscheck and broke Josh Co- Josh Koscheck's orbital bone with just a jab, with just a basic basic jab, which um you know, is one of those things that, again, and that's not to say that GSP had mastered uh, the fundamentals of boxing, but he, he had an understanding because Freddie Roach, you know, gave him a, a, a decent toolkit to go into that fight. Now, is that to say that GSP should hang, you know, trade his MMA gloves in for boxing gloves? Absolutely not. But there's a certain science that needs to be applied. You know, it's, it's, you know, optimize your strengths and farm out your weaknesses. And Ronda Rousey, she is an an amazing uh, judo practitioner. I mean, that that we can never take that away from her. But it's called Mixed Martial Arts for a reason. And I think that what came out of this interview is the fact that we saw someone who was, you know, who had the world placed before them, but, you know, who's just as flawed as the rest of us. And, you know, the, the, psychologically, it definitely took its toll. And I think that, if she comes back, I mean, you know, during the during, like I said, during the conversation we had yesterday, you know, Jimbo Slice says to me, he goes, yo, I think, you know, if she comes back and she fights Holly Holm. She's going to lose. And I, I, you know, I was I was a little iffy in, in in agreeing only because, you know, anything can happen. But if you're that if you're approaching the fight game with that much psychology behind it and not the adequate training that is required to balance that out, then, yes, you will lose. I think that, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how Holly Holm deals with Misha Tate, who, much like Ronda, you know, is somebody who has received ample mainstream MMA exposure, obviously, because, it's, you know, she's easy on the eyes. But the thing is that Misha Tate has pretty decent striking and a pretty solid wrestling base. But I think that when it comes to the striking, I just feel that, Ron, I mean, uh, that Holly Holm has better footwork. And that if Misha Tate is going to get in there and try and secure a victory, she's going to need to use the grind, embrace the grind, and and really put uh, Holly Holm on the ground to see if Holly Holm can persevere from that position. Again, it's one of those things where, we, as a fan, I'd love to see Holly Holm and Ron the fight once again. And I'd like to see it go, you know, go the full, the full kit, five rounds, knock down, drag out. So we can see, you know, if Ronda A learned anything or if Holly Holm is just, you know, the new face of women's MMA. I mean, it's a very, it's, it's very difficult to gauge if that will happen. Because as I said before, Ronda's got, I believe, two movies under the belt. She's still dealing with the loss psychologically, and there's always the possibility that Misha Tate could pull the upset, in which case, you know, nobody, and I hate to say it, nobody's going to want to see Ronda fight Misha Tate again. That's the thats the fact. You know, that's a fact. I mean, nobody's going to want to see that. Uh, the, only, the only tickets that matter at this point is Ronda and Holly Holm too, and, you know, Holly Holm and Cyborg or Ronda Rousey and Cyborg. Everything else at this point just is a non-factor. And it's unfortunate only because... Everybody, to go with something that Val just said in the chat, everybody was very quick to dismiss Ronda Rousey after her loss as, oh, she got exposed, blah, 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 this, that, and the third, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this just goes to show you the fickleness of, of the MMA fans. The, uh, you know, to, to quote uh, Bloodstained Lane, he used to say Zufa zombies. And it's true. People that don't understand the sport of mixed martial arts outside of the UFC – don't understand that there's a complete world of mixed martial arts promotions out there and stars that are entertaining or even more entertaining in some cases than what the UFC spoon feeds you. What bothers me is the fact that everybody just wrote Ronda Rousey off instead of thinking to themselves, you know, this is a chick that without a doubt was the driving force of making women's mixed martial arts mainstream. Whether you love Ronda Rousey or you hate her, the fact remains that her presence in the sport allowed people to understand it better. It also made the sport more accessible to women. And I'm not saying accessible in the sense of, you know, women just watching it to watch, you know, half naked dudes fight, but it made women want to embrace the grind. You know, girls didn't have a problem going out there and possibly getting cauliflower ear or, or, or getting on the mat or learning judo or whatever. I mean, you know that that's a different that's a different type of impact. And as a fan, I look at it from the perspective of yes, you've done a lot in the cage, but sometimes it's what you do out of the cage that can supersede any anything you've done for the sport. I mean, you know, we look at here's a great example. You look at Hoyce Gracie who is fighting Ken Shamrock this weekend, which this Friday, which is crazy. Hoyce Gracie showed that a guy doesn't need to be big and jacked to beat a bigger opponent. You know, that's one of those things that, that when you saw when you watch the UFC back in the day and you see this guy come out with his gi, uh, not a really big guy, not a, not a guy that, you know, looks incredibly intimidating and just chokes guys unconscious. It's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy thing. And you know, that's, that's one of those things that Gracie's were, were, were the pioneers of that. Um, I don't follow boxing, but, you know, Jimbo Slice puts me onto some boxers, and there was a uh, we were we were at the UFC gym, and they were giving highlights of a guy named Triple G, uh, who I've seen I've seen fight you know some of his fights, and you know the guy just has scary power. But you look at that guy, and you wouldn't think for one second that he's a fucking killer. Same thing with Fedor. You look at Fedor, you are like, yo, this looks like a guy that's gonna you know pack my groceries or cut my cold cuts, only because that's not it. And again it just goes to show you that there's an accessibility for for any of these sports for anyone that that can go out there and apply themselves and for someone like Ronda Rousey who who came into this sport who you know got her start in Strike Force and pretty much took took MMA women's MMA to another level you really shouldn't downplay her accomplishments based on one loss i mean before her Gina Carano was the same way Gina Carano put women's MMA you know at the forefront Um, being obviously with with brains and beauty and and an incredible striking uh, Muay Thai discipline under her belt, you knew that you were getting something special. Ronda just took that to the next level, and two, three, four, five years down the line, there'll be another female mixed martial artist that'll take it to another level and another level. I mean, even if you watch sports like basketball or baseball or football, for that matter, you see that, Guys that we thought were legends when we were growing up have been superseded by other guys, and obviously there'll be debates forever and ever and ever about who's the greatest in X sport. But you know, in basketball, when I was younger, I used to watch basketball a lot, and Michael Jordan was and always will be one of my favorite basketball players of all time. And you know, you watch guys like Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, who's on the who's on the cusp of retirement and you see that even though MJ had a lasting impact these guys have carved out legacies of their own and you know whether it's with championships or the way they've played you can't you can't sit there and compare oh you know is is Kobe Bryant the next the next Michael Jordan Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan and everybody else is everybody else and when it comes to mixed martial arts i feel the same way i think that you know when Gina Carano was at the top of the food chain MMA was in a different place than when Ronda was at the top of the food chain. The same can be said for um, on the men's side. You know, originally we were looking at guys like like the Diaz brothers, uh, Chael obviously, and now Conor McGregor. It's continued to evolve. Um, you look at you look at that stuff and you say to yourself, "Damn, you know the evolution of the sport is so crazy." And it is. I mean, you any sport for that matter. You know, you look at these guys and you see the impact that they've had for one for one th- reason or another, and it just, it bothers me as a fan to see people, you know, write off certain fighters because of one loss, or, or one poor performance, it's, it's not right, and I think for someone like Ronda Rousey, who's a lot more emotional, a lot more psychologically invested into the sport, it, you know, shit like that has to bother her too, I mean, as I said, I watched the interview on three separate occasions, and as, as, I, as I watched it a little more and I did more prep work and I saw the outpouring of support from other fighters, I realized that my my feelings were, you know, misdirected and it was more so about what got her there versus, you know, how she felt after the fight that bothered me. But in any case, I did, you know, I did want to share my thoughts on that because that was it was a huge story and um you know it's something i personally felt needed to be addressed as as both a fan and someone who you know gives opinions on the sport i felt that you know looking at it from that perspective was was necessary you know anyway switching gears i want to go into the other mma news of the week um the ufc fight night 85 card is going down in australia and it's really come together with some solid solid fights uh, a new announcement, which I'm sure Slick and Val are going to want to be uh, are, are, are definitely going to be interested in, is Rin, Rin Nakai is back in the octagon taking on Leslie Smith. She will be fighting on that card. Uh, definitely. Rin Nakai, if you guys remember, had a fight with uh, Misha Tate. And um, it was memorable, <laughs> to say the least. I, li- I like that there is a resounding yes from Slick in the chat. Uh, Slick, do me a favor. Uh, put the uh, infamous Rin Nakai highlight reel in the chat room, so people can check that out. Anyway, as I said, UFC Fight Night 85 is coming together with some solid fights. Mark Hunt and Frank Mir is your main event, which is, is destined to have fireworks in one, shape, in one capacity or another. Either Mark Hunt is going to retire Frank Mir with a knockout, or Frank Mir is going to go in there and try and use his, you know, amazing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and try to submit the legendary Super Samoan. I think that fight is a very, very underrated fight. I think it's going to be a fight that's going to be amazing. Uh, Mark Hunt is just a, a an incredibly talented fighter, a guy who's been fighting for, it, it feels like forever. And even though he's had his ups and downs, he continues to go out there and give us some of the most memorable fights. Also on that card, Hector Lombard makes his return to the cage. Uh, He will be taking on Neil Magny. Also, James Tahuna is on that card. Beck Rawlings is also fighting on that card. Uh, Ross Pearson is taking on Abel Trujillo, which is going to be a solid fight as well. And as I said, Ren Nakai and Leslie Smith. Uh, Also, there's going to be a couple of other fights on the card as well. Um, Johnny Case, Jake Matthews, uh, Viscardi Andrade taking on Richard Walsh. Uh, Chad LaPriese also on that card. Uh, full details probably I will have them in another week or two, but it's going down uh, March nineteenth, and you'll be able to watch it on probably Fox Sports One with the prelims on um uh, what the hell on the UFC Fight Pass. So again, March nineteenth, mark it on your calendars. UFC Fight Night eighty five Hunt versus Mir. Now, if you guys were watching the show. Last Thursday, you know that we were covering, obviously, gaming and entertainment, and uh, Mortis, longtime listener of the show, posted on the Facebook group for Rageworks the about the passing of Kevin Randleman. Now, for those of you that don't know, Kevin Randleman also was a veteran mixed martial artist, a guy who fought in the early days of the UFC, had an incredible pride career, uh, taking on such legends like Mirko Krokop, um, obviously Fedor Emelianenko, which led to one of the most amazing highlight reels of all time with his uh, you know, German suplex slam on Fedor. And just he was a an, an amazing athlete, a guy who was, you know, he, had, he just was super jacked, uh, a wrestler through and through. And a guy that went out there and gave, left it left it all in the cage, win, lose or draw. I was I was saddened to hear about his passing uh, last Thursday. Uh, he ended up passing away from heart failure after uh, going into the hospital for symptoms of pneumonia. Uh, Randleman, of course, was a guy who you know fought, like I said, legends like Maury Smith, Boss Rutten, Of course, uh, his last UFC fight was against Renato Babalu Sabral at UFC thirty-five fought in pride. He ended up retiring in 2011 with a record of 17 and six, uh, 17 and 16. Um, As I said, uh, Randleman was, you know, just a class act. I mean, everybody who's been in the sport has said nothing but nice things about him. you know, I mean, Melvin Gallard, he actually did an interview recently and, um, you know, Melvin Gallard felt that, you know, he was Kevin Randleman was his mentor, and he just, he shared a lot of really great stories talking about how he, when he met him and how he asked if he could dye his hair blonde in honor of Kevin Randleman, who used to dye his hair blonde when he'd go out there to fight. It was, it was just really, really sad to hear. And, and again, it's one of those things and I've talked about this, not only for, for, uh, you know, now for MMA, but also for wrestling, you know, it's, it's really sad to read about these fighters that, you know, pass away in, b- before their time. I mean, look at Kevin Randleman, the guy went in for Symptoms of pneumonia ended up passing away from heart failure. Uh, another guy, you know, that that we were talking about was uh, Gary Goodridge, who is, you know is dealing with some with some health troubles j- just due to his career in the sport. It's it's terrible, you know. It's really terrible to read about that stuff um, on the wrestling side. You know, we talked about Axel Rotten last week, and you know, we'll be talking about why he passed away this week. But again, it's just one of those things that when I when I read it Thursday and I was doing the show. I acknowledged it, and I just, you know, it, it, it bothered me just because I, like I said, I saw Randallman fight so many times, and he he really was one of those fighters that every time you watch them fight, you couldn't, you could not not walk away entertained or impressed or saying, hey, man, that guy's an incredible athlete. So, you know, I was I was really heartbroken to read that, and actually, you know, even to share it with you guys because, like I said, uh, Randallman was a stellar talent. Uh, gone way too soon and just, you know, had amazing contributions in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, Slick, would you be so kind as to queue up a uh, Kevin Randleman highlight reel package? Uh, Just the slam on Fedor alone was without a doubt one of the, you know, a moment that no one will ever forget. But um, he has a couple of other awesome highlights as well. Uh, His victory over Maurice Smith. In the uh, heavyweight tournament is one. Even his fight with Boss, rooting for the vacant title, was was one that was you know in many in many fighters' minds and you know and many fans as well. But uh, definitely check it out. Look up Kevin Randleman on YouTube. Uh, check out his highlights, and um, you know definitely uh, you you won't you won't be disappointed. I'm telling you. Definitely do yourself a favor and punch up those highlights. You will not regret it. Another mixed martial arts veteran is in the news this week, but he is in the news for legal troubles. And that is the Huntington Beach bad boy himself, Tito Ortiz. Uh, he was actually in the news after being cited for a misdemeanor battery after getting into a physical altercation with a woman in Vegas. Uh, TMZ is reporting that he was cited by police after they were called to a casino on uh, last Friday because the woman claimed that Tito took her phone while she was filming a video. Uh, according to what the woman said, um, Ortiz whipped her around because he thought she was taking pictures of him. She told the site that she was scared for her life. Uh, police ended up speaking to both parties and then Ortiz was cited for misdemeanor battery. As of right now, we don't have a court date, but, um, you know, Mr. Misdemeanor battery in Vegas, um, You know, the possibility is at minimum six months in jail and a thousand dollar fine. So definitely not not a good not a good look for Tito Ortiz. Obviously, uh, he's still active in Bellator as well. And it's just the latest in a in a in a group of crazy legal troubles for Tito. We you know, we know about the issues he had with Jenna Jameson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We can it's just a laundry list of stuff that Tito really does not need to be involved in, um, especially as he's hitting. He's going into the tail end of his career. uh, Not a good look for sure. Once I hear more with regards to, you know, his court date, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, I will share it with you guys. All right. So this weekend we got UFC Fight Night 83 with the main event being Donald Cerrone taking on Alex Oliveira. Uh, The co-main is Derek Brunson taking on Rowan Carnero. Um, You're also having... uh, Cody Garbar go. Uh, I'm going to destroy this guy's name. Cody Garbrant. uh, taking on John Lineker, Dennis Bermudez is taking on Tatuya Kawajiri, uh, Chris Kamozi uh, and Joe Riggs, uh, will be squaring off. Shane Campbell will be taking on James Krause. Uh, the prelims will be on Fox sports one at 7 PM. Uh, Alex Garcia and Sean Strickland is the main event for the prelims. Um, a lot of solid fights there. Ashley Evans-Smith is also fighting. She's taking on Marion Renault, uh, but that's on the fight pass prelims at 515. Again, that goes down this Sunday, February 21st. Uh, definitely want to throw out a couple of fight picks real quick. Um, going, I'm only going to give the fight picks for the main card because I usually do something on social media. Uh, Shane Campbell and James Krause, definitely going with James Krause on that one. Uh, Kamosi and Riggs, uh, Chris Kamozi definitely is uh, a very solid and durable fighter. I think Joe Riggs is hit or miss on his performances on his performance, excuse me. And, um, with that, I gotta, I gotta definitely go with Kamozi on that one. Uh, Bermudas and Kawajiri, uh, big fan of the, of the Japanese fighters. I think Kawajiri is, is a grinder, uh, is definitely going to go out there and try and push the fight to the ground. Um, I'm going to go against my better judgment uh, with Kawajiri, even though, uh, Bermudez is definitely not, you know, he's definitely not a can, uh, Cody Garbrandt and John Lineker, uh, Garbrandt, I've never seen him fight. Um, so it's going to be a tough pick. I'm going to go with a toss up here and go with Lineker only because I've seen him fight and he's usually a pretty solid fighter in any one of his outings. Uh, Brunson and Carnero, Usually, I would go in there and go with Rowan Carnero only because you know the guy. The guy's been been in the game for a minute, and um, he's an exciting fighter to watch. But Brunson, Brunson has been doing quite well as of late. You know, he's he's had a couple of of you know unexpected uh, speed bumps along the way, so to speak. But I think that uh, Brunson is going to come out the victor in this one, and Cerrone making his debut. At uh, you know, at 170, I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be Cerrone. I think that the weight cut is gonna be better for him. I think with that, he's gonna have a little more power and um, a little bit more of a pop to his kicks. And um, he's my pick for that fight. Obviously, keep it locked to social media for the rest of my fight picks, which I will share usually Instagram and our Facebook fan page. As always, if you have picks of your own, feel free to share them. I always love to hear from. Uh, fellow MMA fans when it comes to fight picks. Now I did want to talk about some fighter re-signings. The first one, which doesn't come as a surprise to me was one uh, for in the heavyweight division. Alistair Overeem, as many of you know, was slated to look at renegotiating his contract and test free agency. Uh, He turned, he ended up re-signing with the UFC Uh, as of right now, don't know when his next fight is going to be as of yet, but um, I think Overeem is is you know he's he's starting to find his stride in the UFC. Working with the with the Jackson Winklejohn camp has done nothing but good things for his his ability and his technique. Uh, we'll see if 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 that continues going forward. Not to say that Overeem wouldn't have gone to Bellator and fared well there or gone to any of the other organizations, but I just feel in terms of mainstream exposure. Uh, For Overeem at this point, you know, the UFC is about as safe a bet as any. Uh, That's not to say that after his deal is up or if he puts together a couple of losses, he won't get cut. But as of right now, he has re-signed with the UFC. The second re-signing involves an MMA prospect, which many of you know, uh, UFC bantamweight and local NY New York fighter, Aljamain Sterling. Uh, who is currently undefeated, has re-signed with the UFC. He appeared on uh, Ariel Helwani's MMA Hour and announced the re-signing with the organization. Uh, I think Sterling is an incredible talent, uh, trains out of Law MMA uh, out in Garden City, and really incredible submission game, super agile, uh, uh, just an exciting fighter to watch from bell to bell. Uh, He has announced that he will be re-signing with the UFC on the Bellator side of things. This re-signing is definitely a little strange for a couple of reasons. Um, as many of you know, it wasn't that long ago that Quentin rampage Jackson was fighting for Bellator after leaving the UFC. He became one of the flagship fighters for the Bellator organization. And there was a huge falling out due to a contract dispute which led to Rampage heading back to the UFC and there was some court problems and it turned out that there was an injunction filed and the end result was that Rampage did get to fight in the UFC. Well, the the case takes a strange twist as it was announced today by Bellator that Rampage is returning to the promotion. Um, it's pretty crazy. Uh, basically, what ended up happening was they came to an amicable agreement to settle the litigation. And because of that, Rampage is now heading back to Bellator. Now, this opens up a floodgate of possibilities in terms of fights, most of which are fights which Rampage could easily win if they so chose to go in that direction. Uh, you know, th- there's obviously a fight with Kimbo Slice, a fight with Tito, um, another fight with King Mo maybe a chance uh, at at a light heavyweight title opportunity against Liam McGeary. There's definitely a lot of opportunities there. But the fact is that, um, you know, he was was under contract with Bellator, and even though there was an injunction in place, and he fought with the UFC, the UFC had that one fight, and they really haven't done anything with Rampage, and I only think it's because he... um, you know the, the the legal the legal battle that would result from it was just something the UFC didn't feel like dealing with. Um, you know, Rampage's return to Bellator. The UFC did not contest it. They understood you know what was at stake here, and obviously the amicable uh, decision between both parties leads to Rampage fulfilling his contract at you know in Bellator. Who's to say that he will stay there after his contract is up? He may then. Re sign with the UFC if he puts together, you know, a nice solid win streak. We'll see what happens, but I'm sure that Bellator is going to work their hardest to ensure that Rampage gets plenty of mainstream exposure as one of their, you know, one of their premier fighters, which is crazy because Bellator has a lot of prospects and a lot of young fighters that are incredibly talented. Not to say that you can't build around a guy like Rampage or a guy like Tito or Ken or Hoist Gracie, but you got to look at you know guys like Patricio Pitbull, Joe Warren, and you know dozens of other talented fighters. I mean, they just brought in uh, Benson Henderson, which is an incredible asset to this organization. I think Henderson is going to be a, a great standout, and he's going to lead. You know, he's going to have a solid run in Bellator. But there you have it, guys. Rampage is heading back to Bellator after uh, coming to an amicable agreement with the promotion. All right, so while we are on the subject of Bellator, I did want to talk about Friday Night's card, which the main event bothers me so much. It is Dada 5000, uh, Dafir Harris taking on Kimbo Slice, and the crazy thing is that the co-main is Hoist Gracie taking on Ken Shamrock. You know that shit is really crazy in Bellator When Hoyt's Gracie and Ken Shamrock are the co-main and your main event is Kimbo slice and Dada 5,000. Also on that card, Daniel Pineda taking on Emmanuel Sanchez. Emmanuel Newton is taking on Linton Vassell and Derek Campos will be taking on Melvin Gallard, who is again, another promising uh, former UFC fighter that is hoping to make his mark in Bellator. Uh, Well, I, w- I figured I might as well give some picks for this because how can you not? Um, Melvin Gallard and Campos, I think, is a, uh, a a solid outing for Gallard. I definitely feel that Gallard has the advantage, uh, faster hands, better wrestling. And because of that, I am going to go with Gallard on this one. Uh, Vassal and, and Newton, both guys, very solid at light heavyweight. Uh, it's a toss-up, but I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, man, Val, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with Emmanuel Newton on this one. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a talented fighter and um, a guy who is a sleeper in that organization. So definitely I'm going with Newton, uh, Pineda, and Sanchez. I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Pineda. And for the co-main, Hoist Gracie, Ken Shamrock. Originally, I, I had Hoist Gracie as my pick, and, um, I, I you know, I was leaning towards it. But the more I see it and the more I, I think about it, I think that Ken Shamrock has the opportunity to take that fight if they keep it standing. Um, obviously, his fight against Kimbo Slice was just uh, questionable at best, but I'm curious to see where the fight goes with him and hoist Gracie. and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the risk here and go with Ken Shamrock taking the victory in that fight. We'll see if I'm right come Friday night, and of course, uh, Dada 5000 and Kimbo Slice, a um, couple of things. I saw the open workouts and I saw Dada 5000. I think that his striking technique is incredibly elementary. Um, you know, the guy has incredible power based on, you know, the videos I've seen. And I think that's a very, very big factor. But I also feel that Kimbo has been, you know, training mixed martial arts longer and I think he has a little bit more, and I say that you know, with, 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 a, with, a, with a smirk, uh, I think Kimbo has a little bit more MMA experience in terms of just being more well-rounded. That's not to say that Kimbo Slice is an accomplished mixed martial artist by any stretch of the imagination, but I do feel that he does have some of the fundamentals in place to get the job done. Because of that, I think that Kimbo Slice is going to come out the victor in this particular outing, and I think that Bellator is hoping that is the case as well, since they are promoting this as the main event for their card. Uh, again, I feel that it's a slap in the face to guys like Hoyce Gracie and Ken Shamrock, who are the fighters who are the fathers of, of mixed martial arts to some degree. And um, you know, well, the fathers is 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 a very uh, not not the right term. The, the pioneers, they are the pioneers of this sport, and to see them play second fiddle. To two guys who have pretty much sharpened their skills thanks to youtube it's just it's just a slap in the face for for those guys i mean in terms of mainstream appeal obviously that that's that's definitely going to be there uh people are going to tune in because kimbo slice makes people tune in uh val says bum fights on an mma card it's I, i i mean on paper it does look that way but i understand the rationale at work for bellator in terms of trying to get that done uh, again, we'll see. Friday night is around the corner. We'll find out if the card is as entertaining as we'd like it to be. Um, again, those are my fight picks on the Bellator side of things. Uh, once again, uh, definitely would love to hear yours. Uh, that fight goes down Friday, and then Sunday we got the UFC Fight Night card. So definitely a good week uh, of MMA, uh, well, a good weekend of MMA on deck from start to finish. Again, I'm gonna be watching the Bellator card Friday night. We'll see what kind of a freak show it evolves to. Um, I know it's just gonna be ridiculous, but um, you know we'll see what happens. I, it, it could be worse. It could always be worse. Now the question is: Now that you have Rampage back in back in the saddle, are we going to see Rampage take on Kimbo Slice from from a? From a strictly shit talking perspective, I'd love to see it because it's just ridiculous. Um, but as a fan, it's it's just not a good look. But again, it's one of those freak show fights that you just you just have to watch. I think Rampage and Kimbo would be uh, ridiculous for a multitude of reasons. Obviously, the shit talking being one of them. But just to see if you know Kimbo can hold his own against one of you know MMA's best. Uh, and Quentin Rampage Jackson. We'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes, uh, after the fights are over on Friday night. Obviously, we'll take a dive into that, uh, next week as we go into what went down during that card. Anyway, that is going to wrap up the MMA news of the week. Let us switch gears and, um, get into some wrestling. Uh, but before I do, Val says. If Rampage got knocked out by Kimbo though, that would be the end of Rampage's career, dude. I cannot agree. With, you know, I cannot disagree. Let me rephrase. I can't. Dis- I can't disagree. I, I if Rampage went in there and got put to sleep by Kimbo Slice, it would. It would, like coming back from that would be, would be tough. It definitely would. But we'll see what happens. That's for sure. Anyway, let's switch gears. Let's hop into this wrestling. Lots to discuss. Obviously, we got to talk about fast lane the raw you know the final raw before fast lane and the wrestling news of the week let's get to it booker t tell him what time it is
1: we want the gold sucker Oh, hogan we coming for you nigga
0: It was an interesting episode of Raw this week as Dean Ambrose actually got the ball rolling uh, with Stephanie McMahon. Uh, it was it was interesting only because it was a, a, a different pace when Ambrose was out there. I think that you know the the opportunities that were there and what what Matt you know obviously what it led to later on in the evening the fatal five way match was a a solid setup. I think it's really good that we really haven't seen Triple H too much, at, you know, on Raw. And I think as champion, it, it to some people, some people felt that you know it, it hasn't done the the shows any favors, Triple H not being there. But I'll be honest, you know, the belt is a prop at this point. Nobody nobody gives a shit. And um, the as soon as that match was set up, it, you knew, much like Slick just said, that Ambrose was gonna lose. As soon as she said who was going to be involved, I knew that he was definitely losing the belt. Um, the crazy thing is, you know, it was Kevin Owens, Ambrose, Stardust, Tyler Breeze, and Dolph Ziggler. Um, the thing I, uh, about this match that really got my attention was the fact that we actually got to see Tyler Breeze on television, considering that many people feel that he has, in essence, been buried by the company due to Vince McMahon just not giving a shit about his character. A uh, couple of things, though, and I, and I have to say this. I think that putting the belt on, on Kevin Owens was just a better option, and I'll tell you guys why. When you look at Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose has reached a point, and I've talked about this before, where he's one of those superstars that with the belt or without the belt, he's just as engaging and entertaining. The belt at that point is just an, a, a perk. And I've said this on, on previous shows that there are wrestlers who need that belt that that it's you know it's a part of their character and then there are wrestlers that are so advanced so ahead of the curve that they don't need it. I mean, you know, Dolph Ziggler's a guy that needs a championship to keep himself active to keep himself front and center versus a guy like Ambrose with that whether he's chasing the belt, holding the belt or just in a feud with somebody he, he always brings something different to the table, something a little crazy, something a little unique and putting the belt on Owens is the smart play. And the reason is because you're dealing with a guy who not only can cut a good promo, but can work an incredibly intense, fast paced style with any performer on that roster. You can, you can do a brawl like he did with Ambrose. You can do something technical like you saw with Sami Zayn, you could do something intense like what you saw with John Cena or Finn Balor. But um when you look at when you look at that, it makes you wonder that in Kevin Owens' case, obviously it's leading to a match with him and Dolph Ziggler at Fastlane, but the end game for a performer like Kevin Owens is what exactly? Is he going to be the the constant IC or US title or is he going to be a guy that's going to go out there and you know, parlay that to a bigger opportunity. It's 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 a very unique situation in terms of Kevin Owens. Only because Kevin o, with Kevin Owens, you can you can put him in so many different places on the card that he you know he's never going to be a performer that's not going to give you a hundred and ten percent. As for Ambrose, as I said, Ambrose without the belt or with the belt is entertaining. Um, I feel his matches have become a bit formulaic, a bit paint by numbers. But in terms of the intensity and the storytelling and just the, the mic work that he's displayed, it kind of takes away the fact that his matches are pretty much you know as, as predictable as can be expected. I think um, going into Fastlane, going into WrestleMania season, I think that Ambrose has a lot to gain and nothing to lose. Only because right now, going into Fastlane... You know he's going to be a guy that's going to have really great exchanges both with Brock Lesnar and with Roman Reigns. And if you are a fan of Dean Ambrose, then you need to watch what transpires this fr- uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, on SmackDown. Only because I feel that what happens with SmackDown and where that leads before Fastlane is going to be very, very, very interesting in the grand scheme of things. But overall... A solid outing. I think that putting the belt on Kevin Owens was a good move. Uh, It was good to see Stardust out there and Tyler Breeze. Again, two very underrated performers on the main roster that are not being utilized to their fullest. But um, still, definitely a very, very good match overall. Um, Mark Henry and Big E, of course. This was a a build-up from last week's exchange where Mark Henry walked out on the New Day. Um... I think the match itself was a, a pretty typical big man match. Mark Henry ended up getting hurt uh, during that match, but the craziest thing of that I saw was the fact that he, uh, Big E went for the big ending on Mark Henry, and it was it was so easy. He picked up Mark Henry with so much with with incredible ease, not even breaking a sweat, which was scary uh, when you when you think about it. Only because Mark Henry, even though he's lost a tremendous amount of of weight, um has you know he definitely looked uh he's still a big dude and it was crazy to see that unfold uh this past monday i think you know mark henry ended up injuring a rib uh during that match but the the incredible thing that came out of it for me is the fact that big e is just such an underrated super strong athlete that is just you know just ahead of the curve Definitely feel that he's a guy that you're going to want to keep an eye out, especially when the New Day goes their separate ways. If WWE was smart, they would start preparing for to, to take a guy like Big E to move him to that upper level. Uh, Jay is in the queue, I hear, uh, based on what I see in the chat. Um, I'll bring you on in a moment, Jay. Uh, the thing I did want to talk about with regards to Mark Henry is that you know? Many people have said that this is going to be Mark Henry's last year uh, wrestling. Uh, he may retire later on in the year or beginning of 2017. Uh, any way you slice it, I think that Mark Henry is a guy that just didn't get the right opportunities, and to give them to him now is just it's just very difficult because they've done a lot of damage. But I would have liked to have seen Mark Henry be involved in something meaningful. Uh, before he's done. Maybe a good tag team run. I felt that his tag team with Big E at one point was really, really good and had tremendous potential. I think that there's still an opportunity there. My issue right now with the New Day is that there's too much of it and the, the act is becoming a little stale. But I also feel that the New Day need a fourth member. And the reason I say this is because, you know, a good stable has one main eventer. One tag team and one mid card guy. That way, a stable can control all the titles at some capacity. I mean, if you look at the Wyatt, you got a world champion in Bray Wyatt, you got a credible IC champion in Luke Harper, and you have a good tag team that you can build on with Rowan and Braun Strowman. Obviously, you know you look at that and you see, you say to yourself, you know that those guys have it all. They have it covered even the social outcasts who, you know, obviously aren't going anywhere. If you look at them as a whole, you can see that if anybody can be looked at as a world champion. And, and again, it's a stretch, but you know, probably, probably Curtis Axel only because, you know, the guys a, a solid wrestler and a good worker. Uh, your, your IC us title guy would probably be Heath Slater and your tag team would be Bo Dallas and Adam Rose. again, That's not to say that that's what I see, you know, or what I would like to see happen, but it's something that you look at and you see that they're covered across, across all their, their bases. My issue with the new day is exactly that, you know, it's Kofi comes out and you see that him and Big E kind of run with the ball. And, you know, Xavier Woods, um, you know, Xavier Woods is essentially relegated to a manager role, which is unfortunate because Xavier Woods is a very, very solid wrestler. I mean, is his capacity to entertain and be funny is great, but when you look at it, you do see that you feel a piece of the puzzle is missing. Now, obviously, seeing Mark Henry come out there with a the new day last week, I was like, "Oh man, this is awesome! Finally!" Because then, like I said, you get your Mark Henry, um, Big E tag team. You'd get your your you know middle of the road with Xavier Woods, and maybe Kofi can finally get a title run. And I only say this because Kofi was considered a guy that was on the verge of main event status way back when. Obviously, you can interchange all those guys in some capacity, but I do feel that the New Day definitely needs a fourth. If not, uh, Mark Henry, I would go with Titus O'Neil only because Titus O'Neil is incredibly entertaining. And um, I think he needs something after the issues with Vince, and it would be a great way to kind of inject him into something fresh. Now, obviously, you're probably saying to yourself, Rich, you know, why are you picking only African-American performers? Uh, I wouldn't pick, I wouldn't go that route at all. I can just as easily say that you can, you can add, uh, I would have added Bo Dallas back in the day only because Bo Dallas was, you know, he had really good exchanges with them and it definitely was something that looked good on paper. Uh, he would have essentially been what Owen Hart was to the nation, you know, the nugget, you um, I think I think that would have been cool. I think it would have been something interesting and unique. Um, but I think the New Day the New Day needs an extra member. I also feel that they have really good chemistry with Sasha Banks. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against having Sasha Banks as part of the New Day. It's not often that you see a stable which can cover every title, but um, I'd love to see that. I mean, you know, Kofi for the for the main event belt, um, Xavier Woods for the you know IC or US title. Mark Henry and big E for the tag team titles and Sasha banks for the women's title. I think, I think it would be interesting. It would be something that hasn't been done in quite some time. Uh, almost like the way the four horsemen used to do it where, you know, you had uh, those guys just commanded, they commanded attention. They, they took over the entire roster again, just something that looks good on paper, but not necessarily something I, I would be against. That's for sure. um, I see that Jay Santee is in the chat. I mean, he's in the queue. Let me bring him in. Jay, what's up?
1: What's going on? Listen, if you guys did not catch NXT today, that Sami Zayn Samoa Joe match is one to watch.
0: Ah, yes, I heard. I heard. I've been I've been a little behind on the NXT stuff just because of you know work. But um, I I heard that it you know you're you're the third person that is. Relayed the message to me <laughs> that told me that that is a must watch.
1: The, the great thing about that with, with NXT is that you know a lot of people a lot of people say you know it's the better product. It's a better product because they have time to prep to put the show together, I guess something like that, in which you know WWE doesn't have it, but they're still able to put storytelling. That match is tremendous storytelling. It's like an Aesop's fable, if you,
0: if you must. Oh, well, here's, here, here's something about that. And, you know, before we jump back into into this Raw stuff, I, I you know, NXT is better because they have a bunch of, of wrestlers and, uh, and, uh, and um they have people on the writing side of things that really just want it to succeed. You know what I mean? Like, there's nobody shooting down ideas there because they say to themselves, "Yo, we only got an hour. It works. It doesn't work. We fucking, you know, try again." Like, how many guys have you and seen if- that have that have gone to NXT? And if you think back to when they started NXT to now, they may have been repackaged once or twice. You know, it's happened.
1: Yeah, and even even with how they're bringing up. Guys to the main roster, and, and, and you know, like you said, everybody's talking about the Tyler Breeze. Oh, he's getting the buried treatment. Blah blah blah, whatever. He's already got the tools set to either A. put someone over, or B. start getting put over. It's well, already implanted in him.
0: Right, but here's here's the issue, and and this is why I feel that Tyler Breeze is is to a point buried, and I'll tell you why. Because this was a guy who was. a a key character in NXT whenever there was a title match or any sort of title contention. Tyler breeze was always at the forefront of that title opportunity and to not even give him a run with the belt is was definitely a mistake. I would have rather, and I'll be honest, I would have rather keep him down there as somebody who can challenge or be involved or even be the champion to some degree versus having him be on raw and not even be used. Cuz at least every week there was some sort of Tyler Breeze involvement. You get what I'm saying? Like I just feel that when he was in a when he was in a smaller pond, you had an opportunity to see him shine better versus him coming up to raw and getting lost in the shuffle, i.e. like Neville. As much as I like Neville, Neville is just out there doing Neville things, you know? It's like, "Oh, look, 450 splash just because just it's Tuesday, you know?
1: Well, I think with the whole Tyler Breeze thing is that they're not going to give him the keys to the mid-card kingdom yet when you still got Kevin Owens there to give him the IC belt at any given time. You could give him that. They're going to do that for him now. They're going to give Tyler Breeze the Dolph Ziggler treatment for a while. He's going to get that that wrong. Hell, he but he was like the longest standing uh Roster performer on NXT until he got the call up, so they're just going to browbeat him the same way on the main roster for a while.
0: I but just, I just think I, it's I unfair
1: that, But I think that like nowadays, with now that WWE is starting to see what's happening with you know their top stars getting injured often and stuff like that. We're gonna start seeing more opportunities happen for these guys. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be. It's gonna. It's gonna be in a weird way, in a weird predicament in which it's gonna happen. You know, like you said, with Neville. Neville has become like, I, I don't know, this this fodder for tag team partnership right. and stuff like that. And he throw them in in those mixes. But when which I know you're probably gonna to allude to later on in the show with the opportunities with the possibly recruits away stuff happening. Right, we could see doors for them happening.
0: Well, here's here's the thing, in NXT you have, and this and this goes to what I've said before. If you're going to not have a groom, if you're not going to groom a guy for IC or US title opportunities, it goes back to what I said: a television title would be a godsend. Because again, a television title would be a great opportunity to put the belt on a guy that's ready. For the upper card, but not ready enough. You get what I'm saying. You would put that belt yeah. on a guy like Tyler Breeze, on a guy like Neville. That belt would be defeated. I mean, defended on any of the television programs, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, NXT. You know, main event, whatever the case may be. And it's a belt that always has the potential to to change hands. And the problem with that is that, yes, you know, somebody will be like, oh, but it's just another title that's going to get lost in the shuffle. No more than than any of the other titles. And at least that one, if you create established guidelines, like I said, defending it on each televised show, you know that there would be an opportunity there. Not only that, but it's also a good way to let guys rest on the house show circuit, because if you're the TV champion and you're a veteran guy that's that has the TV title, you don't defend it during during house shows. It lets you take a break, you know? It's a, it's a nice way to rest certain superstars without taking them off the road, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it, it, it's like what I spoke about, you know, a few episodes back on TRSS, shameless plug, where, you know, while, you know, there's talk of, you know, unifying belts and so on, I'm the type that says, bring more fucking belts on. Me, I'm the kind of guy that says, you go back to the old promotion, day, they had six-man tag belts. They had a Goodyear belt, rubber-wearing around your hip belt. They, did, they had numerous belts, and it didn't diminish the product. It actually brought more luster to what the company had to share. I mean, sure, there's an, 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 there, there can be an over-exuberance of, of too many, but if you have a, 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 a division that needs a belt, like you said, something for TV title, uh, like a, a junior heavyweight cruiser, something that will give prominence to you know, those individuals who are in, who fits that, that gimmick, hell, put it out there, man. Well, give, 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 give the crowd something to cheer for.
0: Well, here's the thing. If you look at Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground's a great example. They have a trios championship, which is, you know, it's solid. It's something different. You know, it's, it's borrowing from uh, the original Lucha Libre promotions where they did trios titles. Um, you have your Gift of the Gods championship, which you can get, and at any point traded in for a title shot against the champion at the time. Th- those, are, those are, you know, uh, they're, not, they're not revolutionary, but they're different enough that people are like, wow, you know, a trios team, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, if you, if you were to say, who would uh, you put the trios team titles on? You know, obviously the New Day come to mind. But I'm just saying that, you know, you don't want to go too crazy. Like, obviously, Divas tag team titles. You don't need any of that shit because... They don't. You're not giving those performers that level of exposure yet. But again, a TV title, much like Ring of Honor, in Ring of Honor, the TV title is essentially their IC title, you know. And that's not to say that you can't do that. But it would be cool if the TV champion, you know, was able to defend the belt on every on every show. And then the cool thing to take it one step further on during Night of Champions, each champion would have an opportunity to. Give up their belt to challenge for the title in the upper tier, because remember, as I've said in previous shows, remember in the old days the IC guy was always the 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 on paper number one contender.
1: Yeah, that's why I I, I when I watched the, the table of the table for three with Brian and uh, Ziggler and, and and Ryback, they wanted to bring more of a importance. And Brian, even he, especially you know, he specifically said wanted to bring more importance to that belt. He didn't want right. to be on Raw, and he he wanted to be on SmackDown and give the IC belt more importance separately. Because right. if you just you know whitewash it with all the other belts, it just gets put gets put in, into the recycling bin. Right. But I must say though, I must say though that I I I am I'm one of those. I'm an optimist, and I believe that there will be you know some type of uh, legitimacy coming back to the belts really, really soon, especially when you got guys like Owens and Kalisto. Yeah, and well, I said it, Kalisto.
0: Well, here's the, the thing. Belt,
1: it actually shows something.
0: Well, here's the thing. I don't, I don't think that there's no legitimacy on the belts. I just feel that depending on the storyline at hand, the belt at times takes a back seat. Like the dynamic between Kalisto and Alberto Del Rio is about the belt which is important because that's what it should be about. Um, The dynamic between Ziggler and Kevin Owens right now is about the belt. The dynamic between, you know, Reigns, Lesnar and Ambrose isn't so much the belt, but just the machinations of the authority. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the eyes on the prize is triple H at WrestleMania, but nobody even talks about it really. Like, it's like, yo, yo, it's you know, is Ambrose going to be Trey Reigns? Is Rains going to be Trey Ambrose? Who's Brock Lesnar going to kill when it's all said and done? You know what I mean?
1: Can you imagine that these guys are going into their four, their twelfth match, you know, Owens and Ziggler? Right. And, and and I don't, I don't it, it just to me, I didn't even, I didn't even really notice it until somebody mentioned it, and I was like, wow.
0: Right. Wow, really? But but you, you but think about it. Think about it from that perspective. You're looking at it there's obviously genuine chemistry there and there's really good storytelling much like Owens and Ambrose. But again, the story needs to be, not just be the crux of, Hey, I need the belt or I want the belt. There needs to be really good drama there. Like you need to treat Owens and Ziggler the way you're treating Jericho and AJ Styles. Yeah. By the way, you
1: mentioned that, uh, New Day needs a fourth member. I'm gonna say that Social Outcast needs a fifth member, and I am electing Zach Ryder for that one.
0: That would probably, you know, what the funny thing is, dude. That makes a hundred percent. It makes sense, hundred percent.
1: Mr. Hashtag, Mr. Mr. Internet Champion, Mr.
0: That would be awesome, dude. I used to say I think I think you heard it once that I said that I would make a stable comprised of the Miz, Dolph Ziggler, Tyler Breeze, and Zack Ryder like a Party Boys Club Dude stable, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because those guys are all essential. I mean, now not so much because you know you got you got the Miz coming out there dressed like a Jedi, but. I mean, aside from that, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely something there for those guys in terms of just, you know, Ziggler and the Miz are friends. They work well together. Uh, Tyler Breeze would be, you know, the, uh, the young up-and-coming talent. And Zack Ryder's just Zack Ryder, you know?
1: The force is strong with that douche. <laughs> I mean,
0: But here's the thing with him, and, and many people are starting to, to say the same thing. Dude, his work with AJ Styles has made the Miz look good.
1: Yeah, and I said I said it on Snapchat as well. I was like, "That's but that's how good AJ is." is Right. You know, Miz wasn't really mediocre. You know, he wasn't really mediocre. He was actually he was very basic. Worked his way up. He was basic, and AJ has shown that he, even him coming in with the talent that. He's fresh to him. He still can make things look fantastic. He's the syrup poured on shit to make it look like pancakes. Oh, it's I mean... fantastic. And Miz actually looked really, really good with him.
0: Yeah, I think the match itself from Monday was tremendous. I liked what they did with uh, Chris Jericho. Um, I Oh, de- <laughs> the text messages I receive. <laughs> um... <laughs> You know, I, I I felt the match was good. I thought I think that the storytelling that was there was really good. And again, it just showed that the Miz. Uh, sometimes it's not about coming out necessarily the winner, but coming away from the match being a better performer. And I think the Miz came out of that match being a better performer.
1: Yeah, and 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 also if you if you didn't catch the um Jericho uh, AJ Styles match on the previous SmackDown, it was another one that. It made up for the raw match that they had before. I think that one is even a better build up for what is going to be the next upcoming match. And and we could shine AJ Styles ass as much as we want to. Right. We know that guys. We know he's a pro and he could go in there. But you're starting to get the feeling like this fucking guy has been there for for a while. It feels like he's been in right WWE for a minute.
0: Oh, I, I can agree with that. I did I did want to mention from Raw on, on Monday I was thoroughly surprised um to see Summer Rae back in there actually wrestling uh with the returning Page. Uh, a lot of people felt that, you know, the match was it was uneventful, but you all people forget that this is like Kay, like Page's first back match back after having a um a concussion. So Everybody's like, yeah, you know, it's like, yo, she just came back from fucking having her brain scrambled. Like, again, we're not expecting a five star Matt classic, but you can't just automatically write it off as complete shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's good that Summer Rae is not just a valet anymore because it's one of those things that bothered me when she got called up. It's like, yo, you talk about how good the women are. The women's wrestling is in NXT and you talk about how good Summer Rae was, but no one will ever know that. You know,
1: and you know what the other thing too is that I you know I don't really like to go and listen to you know how you know the backstage drama is when it comes to these wrestlers. But Paige, is, Paige has a lot of heat, and she has a lot of individuals back there that you know are not a, a fan favorite of her. So I, I you know they might be don't be surprised you see a couple of matches in which might be humbling to her. And yeah, you know, may not be that type that uh, that that puts her in a a positive light.
0: Yeah, but but you got to look at it like this. She's got tremendous crossover appeal. Uh, She's breaking out on her own pretty much from total divas. I think that when Nikki Bella and Brie Bella pretty much hang it up individually or at the same time, who knows at this point that, you know, an individual like Paige might be the breakout performer. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. She may have heat. She may not. I mean, you know, she looks like she parties. You know, she likes to get down. Um, but
1: since it comes with a bit of a taut. A bit, a bit of a bitch at a time.
0: Yeah, but you but you got to look at it like this, man. And, and this is the thing that, that matters most. Do people oh, tune in?
1: Don't, don't get me wrong. I love the
0: woman. You know, it's like, do people tune in? Does she sell merchandise? Because at the end of the day, dude, that's what Vince cares about. He don't. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. He doesn't mean shit if you sell merch, if you bring in money. Simple as that. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's like it's different for a, in the case of like Lana. Lana is Lana, but Lana doesn't sell any merch. You know, doesn't matter.
1: I mean, by the way, I gotta throw this out there. Was I the only one that got put off by this woman after the whole? you know, engagement thing. And, or like, after, to me, after all that shit happened, and it, I don't know, I, I the, the appeal to me just went away. Of course I knew, you know, you know, the, the backstory that they were together and all that stuff. But I think with the whole thing with, her announcing the engagement and all that. It was, I was like, "Ugh!" like I, I was, I, I got turned off. by Lana. I was already done with
0: her. No, see, here's, here's where I, 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 I politely disagree. And I'll tell you why. Um, Lana came into this as a powerful female figure. Um, you know, she was powerful. She was conniving. She was devious. Uh, you know, she was easy on the eyes. Amazing to look at. But at the end of the day, she was a manager that managed her, her, her athlete. You know what I'm saying? The way she was portrayed was correct, ruthless, cunning, dangerous, able able to, you know, turn the tide of a match on a whim. The minute that you started making it dramatic and soap opera ish, you took everything that made her a compelling character and turned it into what you would see on Channel 47. Yeah. And that's the problem. The problem is that WWE doesn't like to go go for the gusto when it comes to stuff like that. Like it's like you go, you build up this woman as as powerful, as smart, as whatever, but all of a sudden, you know, she's fucking batting her eyelashes like like a cartoon character cuz Dolph Ziggler's out there. You know what I mean? Like why does it always have to go that route? Like what what happened to the days like when you had sensational Sherry? who was out there. If you remember sensational Sherry when she was managing Randy Savage, you know, she'd go in there, she'd mix it up. You know, yeah, she was she was pretty, whatever, but at the end of the day she was a manager. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't no no love triangle shit. I mean, it, that that stuff was easier to do with Miss Elizabeth just because it was easier to write her character that way, but at the end of the day, right. she still managed her athlete, you know?
1: Yeah, I just I, I which 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 leads to another aspect in which we're hearing rumblings that that's possibly what's going to happen now that uh, valets and managers may be returning again, possibly.
0: I think I think that the 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 art of being a good manager for a wrestler. Um, there's there's good managers, there's great managers, and there are managers that are a necessary accessory to help the wrestler become a better performer. Case in point. Vicky Guerrero when she managed Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler didn't need Vicky Guerrero to be his manager, but but she was essentially the training wheels to make him become a better performer.
1: And well, you know, because we will go, ergo, Brock needs Paul. Yep. But did Edge need Vicky as well?
0: Edge didn't need Vicky, but Vicky was a wonderful catalyst to give Edge a different dynamic.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we're looking at the same thing right like nowadays that there's certain individuals, even if they don't have the promo skills or the ability to get over even just by appearance, they need that element of an outside individual to make them seem as though they are more important in the ring than just what they are capable of doing. Any more of that, any more of that power system. And I'm no. hoping that it does happen
0: again. No, I mean, you know, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the clock, so I wanna I want to sprint to the finish, but I do want to say this. Uh, the Dudley boys who of course attacked Roman Reigns uh, this past Monday, if they were smart when Brock Lesnar is not being used on television, Paul Heyman should be aligned with the Dudleys. Period.
1: Thanks, thank you. And thank you for Dudley's actually making up the, you know, making a clear point that we're not doing the table shit anymore. Right. Good. I'm happy.
0: Right. But I that's I'm
1: very happy to doing that.
0: That's that's one thing. With regards to what we were talking about, about Zack Ryder joining the social outcast, I would have liked for that to have been the end game during his match with Heat Slater uh, this past Monday. Um you know, I th- I thought that would have gone that would have been the right thing. Uh, not a fan of the Goldust R Truth segments, I think and you're going a little bit too long. I think that that's part of it. I also don't like going back to making Goldust have Tourette's. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it, man. Because you know what it is? Goldust is a compelling, intriguing character. Yeah. With a tremendous work ethic.
1: Without, without it, yeah. Yeah,
0: he doesn't need. You don't need the crutch of. Y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y-y. You don't need. You don't need that. <laughs> you don't. You don't need that shit. Yeah, and
1: I think the. I think the vignettes are going a little bit too much. It's too much. Yeah, it's it's you it's. Know, just it's, pair them up already. We know where the payoff is going. Yeah, so. but just it, get there already and let's go on. But
0: right? I'm going to tell you this: if they're hoping to capture the same magic that they had with Goldust and Booker T, it's not happening with Goldust and our truth. No, no, no way. and that's what they're going for, no, dude. Again, rehash. They're not getting it. I um, you know, Becky Lynch and Naomi's match was exactly what you would have expected. Um, you know, Sasha Banks coming out doing what she got to do. Her involvement there, it is what it is. Um, Strowman and the Big Show, of course. The buildup is that it's going to be Kane, Ryback, and the Big Show against the Wyatt's, and it's just like I'd rather I'd rather watch paint dry. And the fact that they uh, use that as the last match of the night is insane. <laughs> oh yeah, who?
1: I, it's funny you said that because I was thinking who booked that, knowing that Big Show had to run to the back and do the Stone Cold podcast right after that.
0: Yep. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent, dude. It was it was terrible, terrible. And here's the worst part: the fact that you're putting Kalisto and Del Rio and a two-out-of-three-falls match on the fucking pre-show instead of putting Ryback, Big Show, and Kane against the Wyatts on the pre-show? Uh, Why would you do that? Which
1: Well, at least... Uh, well, we 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 already know that that's not going to be... That's going to be probably the fastest two-out-of-three-falls match you've ever seen right. in the history of those type of matches.
0: Which leads me to wanting to take this opportunity to segue into the the match picks. Um... Ryback, Big Show, and Kane taking on the Wyatts. The Wyatts need to go over in this match. Uh, there's no, there's zero necessity for Ryback, Big Show, and Kane to go over unless you're going to make them some sort of a faction. Otherwise, it is pointless. The Wyatts need to continue the momentum that they're on all the way to WrestleMania.
1: I agree 100%. It doesn't make any sense. And uh look for Braun uh, uh, Strowman to... Uh put 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 a massive beating on one of them. Yep. Most likely he's going to be on most likely he's going to be show.
0: Yeah, just because they're going they're trying to groom Strowman, and like I said last week, you know, a lot of rumblings have said that we haven't seen what what his true potential is because, you know, Vince is kind of just overseeing it. He's super hands-on with with the character. I don't know if that's to be believed, but, you know, this is going to be an opportunity where we're going to see if that is true, obviously because WrestleMania is the next the next match you know, the next pay-per-view I, on the I horizon. A,
1: I know you're in a rush, but I got to ask you, if Vince has his hands on this one quickly, who would you think that he's actually trying to mold him into? Like from his previous projects or previous like, 80s, 90s kind of big men, who do you think he would try to mold Braun into?
0: I think, I think Vince is looking to create another undertaker, another phenom. Mm-hmm. He's trying to create another guy. That's going to be, you know, the guy and the problem is that most of Vince's pet projects never work. <laughs> Think about it. Every dude that Vince is allegedly overseeing their career never pans out.
1: And by the way, Bray's promo on Raw was fucking epic. I don't care what, you know. I don't, yo, the way he correlated social media yep. with, oh, it was uh, it, pure genius. It was pure genius.
0: I I agree 100%. I think that Bray Wyatt's probably one of the best talkers that they got on the main roster. The only problem is that there's just no direction with them. Like, when they were trying to... Like, if it would have been like what they were doing right before um, the Rumble, where they kind of came out and went against the authority and, you know, just attacked whoever... You know what I mean? Like, that's what you need to do. They need to create anarchy on a consistent scale.
1: Right.
0: Um... Kalisto and Del Rio two out of three falls. I see them putting the belt back on Del Rio, but I see this being the breakout match for Callisto. Uh
1: I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Callisto's gonna keep the belt. I think if they still wanna keep the little man underdog thing going for a little while longer. Okay. But but there is gonna be, you know, the uh, League of unfortunate gentlemen involved in one of those one of the Yeah, one of the falls.
0: yeah definitely that that goes without saying. Um, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks are taking on Naomi and Tamina. I think that they're going to give the victory to the uh, the starlets of NXT. I feel that. Um, why couldn't that
1: be a pre show
0: match? I no clue. I think, it, uh, b- <laughs> but I, but I'll tell you why. I think that the whole point of this is to give them a bigger platform because. I just see it in the inevitable collision course between Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. Oh, okay. That's yeah, that's the,
1: the, the triple threat going.
0: Yeah, okay. that's where that's going. That's going to be the opportunity, which leads me to uh, Charlotte taking on Brie Bella. Brie Bella's is coming in riding the wave of Daniel Bryan's retirement, and um, I think that obviously that's going to be a big factor in terms of how the crowd responds to her. But I also think that looking at it on paper, it's going to be one of those situations where, obviously, it's going to be just a one-and-done, you know, Charlotte wins, and we just go on to WrestleMania. Yeah, there's,
1: there's no way Br- 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 Breeze coming out of there with, with the
0: belt. Nah, it's impossible, dude, unless they do a complete 180 on that. But I doubt it. Um, with Kevin Owens and Ziggler, I, you know, Kevin Owens is definitely retaining but I think this is just going to be another another opportunity where they're going to add a little fuel to the fire of what is looking like a possible Dolph Ziggler heel turn.
1: Current uh, Jerker match for me. I'm, I, I I won't be surprised if this opens up the pay-per-view. I've I I've been saying it for a while. I've really been thinking that they tease a lot. Yo, Dolph is doing a lot of Shawn Michaels shit, and yep. I think he's doing it on purpose. I agree. And I'm just I'm hoping that it's leading to something big. Like you said, heel turn, something that involves Sean doing something, maybe managing something,
0: something. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. I think um I think that would be an interesting possibility for sure. I mean, they've been trying to get HBK back in there. Stranger things have happened. Um but I definitely see Owens coming out with the title. I think he's gonna run with the belt into Mania and um the question isn't going to be whether it's going to be him and Dolph once again at Mania, but the question is, who is Owens going to have a five-star match with at WrestleMania?
1: Oh, or maybe they do the same thing that they did last Mania, where they'll just throw everybody in the mix, and let's see a lot of matches again.
0: Eh. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get a Money in the Bank this year, so you never know. You know, like, yeah, the- they haven't talked about it, so, you know, who's to say that they wouldn't do it at mania stranger things have happened but they may they may bring that back as a pay-per-view we'll see um main event ambrose reigns lesnar as much as everyone wants and prays and hopes that dean ambrose gets the belt i am gonna go with what is expected which is roman reigns storybook ending at wrestlemania taking the belt off of triple h
1: I'm going to go with everybody's underdog, and I'm going to say Ambrose takes it. Reason being, they, strip, they take the belt from him, and I really think that creative has something boiling going on for Brock and Roman for different storylines. I really, really do. As in, they have another storyline with each other at Mania or the possible return for Cena. So I, I really... Because I know that they're teasing Cena possibly against Undertaker. Right. But whatever. But for some reason, I see Ambrose going over because I think that the fans, is, that's what they want. Because at the end of the day, like I always <clears throat> said, well, here's, WWE gets it right at Mania. Uh,
0: okay. Well, to, to entertain your, your possibility, which which makes sense, I would go as far as saying that if Ambrose were to win – at Mania and take the belt from Triple H, Roman would turn on him.
1: True, which is something that needs to be done anyway. Right. Which I think was which opens up the door to when Rollins comes back. Right. There's a lot it's, there's a lot of play with with being there, but the one thing that we agree on is if you do give Ambrose to say the belt, you got to give him the opportunity to open up his moveset more because I agree Again, five moves of doom shit yep. is going to play out and fans are going to get turned off so easily
0: I, I agree 100% but um, those are the uh, the match picks for that I just want to run through the uh, the wrestling news of the week um, as I mentioned at the start of the show Titus O'Neil's suspension uh, definitely a huge topic of conversation still uh, dropped from 90 days back to 60 days. Um, allegedly his um, he from what they've said and again obviously speculative, um, they said that he was pulling Vince out of the way so that Stephanie McMahon could exit first uh, you know just a chivalrous gesture. Obviously Vince McMahon didn't take too kindly to that. Um, there was an interesting article in The New York Post here. About it possibly being race-related, um, you know, some fans were claiming that Vince and WWE were racist. Uh, WWE denied that, of course. They put out a statement that said uh, the suspension of Titus O'Neil had nothing to do with race and everything to do with unprofessional conduct. WWE went as far as releasing a text message from Titus O'Neil that showed that he understood the quote-unquote magnitude of his mistake, saying, "And I quote: I feel like the sh- I feel like shit now." So if you have to let me go, I understand. Stupid mistake. Here's here's where I stand. Uh, Titus O'Neil did something. that was that uh, on, again, I I'm not someone that was there. On paper appeared to be completely innocent. And as a result of that, he was used as their poster boy for suspend be you know, unprofessional conduct suspensions. Uh with that, I feel that all that was required was a conversation and maybe a fine. You know, going that going to that length to to make a point with a guy who has been nothing but effective as a goodwill ambassador for your company was just poor form. That plain and simple. Vince McMahon. I said, uh, yeah, hold on one second. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let you tag yeah, in in yeah, a moment. Yeah, yeah, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon has been notorious as being a practical joker a guy who's incredibly physical uh, with his, with his, with the wrestlers, you know, a player coach. And while I understand the magnitude and the seriousness of what transpired with Daniel Bryan's retirement and the fact that you know cameras were still rolling, that that could have been remedied with a with a stern talking to, maybe you suspend the guy for a week or two, maybe two weeks. But you don't the problem is that you go you suspend him for 90 days, then you backpedal and lower it to 60 days because again maybe it was because of the public backlash maybe what maybe it was maybe it wasn't but like stone cold steve austin said on his podcast he said um, he said if you're going if you're going to suspend somebody 30 days should suffice he said i think 60 days is still a little a little bit of an overreaction did something need to happen to uh, you know he said and i quote a come to jesus meeting or a stern talking to backstage, something needed to happen because I do believe it was inappropriate. It was the wrong person and it was the wrong place at the wrong time. And to to Stone Cold's point, there 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 are valid points there, but there was no necessity for you know there was no necessity to go that extreme for a guy who's been nothing but a a, a tremendous ambassador for your company. Go ahead.
1: Now I said. My, on my last episode, I said, you know, I, I'm a city employee. If that would have occurred at my job, I wouldn't even, I would have probably, like you said, I would have probably gotten a, a, a talking to, and that was it. Yep. Like, if I would have told, if that would have happened to even an executive to where I work at, and I would have done something of that magnitude, I would have probably gotten a talking to, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be nothing more than that. Right. Here's my thing r truth, very close to Vince McMahon. Yep, they're pals. I wonder what would have occurred if r Truth would have done that. Would he have gotten the same treatment?
0: Yeah, maybe, or,
1: like you said, it's Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil being made an example of. Because at the end of the day, you wanted what, what, what was talked about was there was a lot of there's a lot of, of shenanigans that goes on with. The, the, with the with, with 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 the performers, right? With the wrestler, you right? Know, there's a lot of stuff going on. They wanted to make the example of it, and something like this is so lighthearted that it, it, it wasn't like he threw you know a fake punch or something that way. No, no. Now you made an example of him. Now you have you've you've, you've you've dropped the 90 days to 60 days. Yeah. Now you're talking about. You took away his WrestleMania moment. Yep. I find two things pr- troubling. Why was this publicized immediately after it happened? I agree, a hundred percent. Too common, where we're knowing too much that's going on yep. about you know in, in backstage.
0: I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. Definitely. I'm gonna take your take your point a step further. You could have handled that in house. You could have still suspended him, and no one would have noticed.
1: And no one would have known exactly. Yep. And lastly. Here's the spin for this. For for me, this will be my spin. Go ahead. You're talking about he's, he doesn't have his WrestleMania moment. He doesn't have he He's not going to be at WrestleMania. Here's the spin. And if WWE wants to get it right to show favor with everybody, Kevin Owens doesn't have an opponent at WrestleMania. He calls somebody out. Titus O'Neil comes out, beats Owens, gets the belt. Here's here's the now thing. show favor. And everybody freaking loves WWE and Vince
0: again. Well, here's the thing. And this was something I I talked about with Jimbo slice. And he said, he goes, they should have just taken this and made it an angle just to help Vince McMahon save face.
1: Right. Right.
0: At this point, dude, I
1: think that what might
0: happen, but you know what it is, dude, it's it's way too outside now. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's why, like, it's such public, dude, the New York post wrote a piece on it, which is crazy.
1: And I think that's why it's going to be, because right now they're at a point where they think that it's going to go away yep. after a month or so that nobody knows. But if it keeps coming up, and like you said, Titus O'Neill, if anybody doesn't follow Titus O'Neill on Instagram, yep. or any, excuse me, on any of his social media outlets, it's amazing the work that this uh, this guy does. And he does it not because WWE wants him to do it. Yep. This is his own thing. Yep. And he does it showing what wrestling has done for him. 100%. And to chop this guy off at the kneecaps for that, it's it's ridiculous.
0: Well, here's the funny thing. Batista went on record, and Batista was like, yo, I told him to just straight up ask for his release.
1: MVP even said, there's life after the E. And you know what? They're right, though. They really are. And Batista's the one that actually brought him into WWE and told him he should be a wrestler. And for him to do that... He he's making a point. And, he, and to be honest, I, although I don't want to make it a black and white racial thing, I really think that there's a thing where certain, if this would have happened in the, like years ago, certain wrestlers would have been like, I'm not going out there. Yep. I'm not going through that current because this is nonsense. This is ridiculous. And I feel that, you know, there should have been an an an, an outrage in the back. That it, they should have said, no, I'm I can't. We're not gonna go. We're not gonna tolerate that.
0: Well, it's like it's like what Jimbo Slice just said. He said it was it was to the point where it was on the ten o'clock news again. Yeah. It, it's like ten o'clock news. New York Post talked about everywhere. You know, Jim Ross wrote a piece on it. Taz talked about it on his podcast. It, it just it's just one of those things where even right now to to go a step further, look at look at Good Morning America. With Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella, where Brie Bella's pretty much like, "Yeah, this summer it's a wrap for me." Whether the WWE yeah. did or didn't know that, it's like it, it does, they don't—they're ha- not controlling the narrative anymore. And and this situation yeah. with Titus O'Neil, yeah, it's
1: a shame.
0: This yeah. situation with Titus O'Neil, dude, they could have controlled the narrative very easily, but instead, oh, you know, we uh, fuck it, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna take it. It, it You know, with, with with Daniel Bryan, they kind of controlled the narrative. They let him retire and whatever. And, you know, Brie Bella, they're going to control the narrative because obviously, you know, without Daniel Bryan there and with Nikki Bella's future in, in limbo, I, I think Brie Bella sees the writing on the wall. She's not going to, you know, she's not going to make it, you know?
1: And before, I know you're going to move on quickly, but just quickly, when you saw this report come the next day after all this stuff, did you in your mind? Did you go? What the fuck just happened? Like, where did this come from? Like, how did this happen?
0: What with uh... when I
1: saw it, I was like, this, the, the Titus O'Neill thing. Like, I was, I saw it. I was like, what?
0: Well, I'll tell it you. Was, what... Like
1: you said, it was so minute. It was like, really? That you really had to show me like a a play by play image of image of it. It was like I would have never caught that. Like if what? I really paid attention. I I would have recorded.
0: Well, you know what it was when it went to the, when it went to the network and they were showing it on the network and you know they had you know WWE took down all the video to edit that out. I think it was just the fact that it was so. It was like yo, what the fuck? Ha- like Vince couldn't hide the emotion either. Like it wasn't like he could have said, "Don't do that shit," you know. Like he couldn't even do it. Like he was just, he his he went from zero to a hundred. In the blink of an eye. So it's like the people, you know, the people are like, oh, what the fuck was that about? And I think that was the problem. Like it was the cameras were still that. rolling. It was a serious, it was a quote unquote serious moment. And because of that, it led to what it led to. I mean, it, w- it was a perfect storm of stuff. I mean, Titus O'Neill knows that he goes, man, it was wrong. Maybe it was the wrong place, wrong time for me to try and, 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 you know, encourage being chivalrous. I, you know, I understand afterwards because it's like anything else. He's probably like, damn, I fucked up. You know, because as a performer, you're like, damn, I, I pissed off the boss. But, you know, most people outside of the industry side with Titus on this one. And to say
1: that Triple H and Joey Mercury were the two guys to actually be the one to, to corral Vince from actually firing the guy. That just shows how much of an old... Right, codger, Vince has become.
0: Right, the guy's seventy years old, and that's and that's exactly it, you know. But but to go back to what I said last week, I said I'm like, if you don't want people to play with you or be physical with you, then you need to only be a boss. Exactly. You know, like you can't you can't ride on the bus with the boys and joke around. You, you can't. You're either all in, or you're not. You can't be all no, that's in. So cool. When you feel like it, like on international tours, and then when you're here in the States, it's just like, yo, fuck you. It's like, so, you know, so uh, yeah, Jimbo Slice says all Vince did was expose who he really is. There you go.
1: Yeah, it's
0: true. So, um...
1: He he's around the guy because he makes it think it, it, it signifies you're, you're weak.
0: <laughs> yeah, he wants to feel young and shit, you know? Um, I a uh, couple of things before we uh, sprint to the finish. Um, WWE announced a whole bunch of new programming heading their way in 2016. Everybody, of course, super excited about the global Cruiserweight Series. Um, this is very interesting for a couple of reasons. It opens up the floodgates for WWE to work with multiple uh-huh. promotions, um, you know, from New Japan to anybody, even hell, even Ring of Honor, only because it's going to be a great way. I yeah. They even talk about right, because they want to showcase all of these young athletes. And the fact that they're premiering it on a Wednesday at like nine o'clock, that means that they're going to leverage NXT to be the lead-in for the cruiserweight series. That's going to be so dope. I ain't going exactly. to be amazing. I think I think it's definitely going to be something worth watching. Also, um, Stone Cold's podcast going live with oh. new with new episodes, and also having it air on demand. Um, they're going to do which, another which episode. Not...
1: Which episode? What what, what, what podcast? Which one?
0: They're going to start doing Stone Cold's podcast live, and then have the airings. um,
1: Not the uh, the uncensored one.
0: I'm curious if that's the case.
1: Yeah, because they did let it. They I don't know if you guys caught it on the uh, on uh, the Big Show episode. They did let a profanity slip
0: through. Yes, they did. Big Show did curse. (laughs) They did. I'm I'm curious to see if they're going to do that. Well, the Camp WWE series. Is supposed to be an adult animated comedy series. I'm curious about that. So, I think right. I think that's going to be the one that we're going to see if they're going in that direction. I mean, you know, it's, it's internet programming. You can you can um, you know set safeguards if you don't want your kids to watch certain things. Why not? Right. We're all adults. Um, also, I did want to address uh, the news that Wade Barrett is not going to be re-signing. With WWE once his contract expires in June, uh, very big news. Only because de, uh, Wade Barrett was, you know, a, a completely uh, built from the ground up WWE superstar. Uh, you know, honed his chops on tough enough. Went through the Nexus. Went through the core. Uh, bad news: Barrett currently part of the League of Nations, and now looks to possibly go on his own. Uh, with that, I gotta say that this is a great opportunity for Wade Barrett to go and you know expand his his horizons in new japan maybe lucha underground i think new japan would benefit greatly from a guy like like wade barrett you know he's a big guy you know not a guy Gene, obviously not american but he can be booked effectively and i think J- the japanese audience will connect with him on a level that wwe missed the boat on that and the fact
1: that it's unfortunate that injuries did plague him yep. in wwe absolutely uh, and the and uh, the funny thing is that <laughs> Ryback is already claiming that he's he's ready to take his move set. It's hilarious on Twitter.
0: Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I think I think you know um, it's a it's a, a, a an unfortunate of, a turn of events. I think that the King Barrett gimmick pigeonholed him. I think bad news Barrett was so over, and WWE dropped the ball with that. I think that was a big uh, miscue on their part. I and like I said, I think Lucha Underground or even. Um, Uh, New Japan would benefit greatly from, from Wade Barrett. I mean, I would say TNA, but TNA still trying to find kind of find their direction right now. And they've essentially got their own Wade Barrett in what's his name? Um, the Scottish guy, what the fuck's that guy's name? Uh, Drew, 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 Drew Galloway. Yeah. They already got that. They, they got bad news, Barrett. they got Scottish bad news, Barrett over there. So
1: I say one thing: if he if, if it does happen, he goes to TNA. He's the automatic champion. They give yeah. him
0: the
1: TNA belt the first night. Yeah, it's, as soon as he walks through the door,
0: it's, it's so bad that we could, that that I have to agree with that because that's the kind of dumb <laughs> shit they would do. <laughs> now the um, last bit of news before we close things out was the fact that last week I talked about the passing of Axel Rotten, and um, of course this week. We end up finding out what was the cause of death. For uh one million dollars. <laughs> what do you think Axel Rotten's cause of death was, Jay Santee? I'm
1: gonna say asthma. Nope. Was it asthma? Nope. No. No. Oh. Can I phone a friend?
0: <laughs> if your to fr-
1: say I, the the automatic let's go with the gimme
0: was it an overdose of drugs ding 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 (laughs) ding. the baltimore sun reported that axel rotten's death has been confirmed as an accidental overdose because you know what other kind of overdose is there um according to uh, according to the baltimore sun the police report noted that rotten was found on the floor in a bathroom with drug paraphernalia in the stall he was inside of they also found an unlabeled pill bottle with capsules full of what is suspected to be heroin which was in the stall as well yikes dude capsules of heroin <laughs> yikes
1: we' do, we don't we don't go small here we we go for the big we go for the big boy yeah
0: we go for the gusto here and I mean and, and you know I said this I've said this before I hate reporting on this stuff man because like I said the automatic easy answer drugs. <laughs>
1: yeah it's uh, and and its so it's unfortunate because it, it puts a bad light on what wrestling is, is is deemed to be that it becomes the that's the unfortunate demise
0: yep I agree a hundred percent dude it is it is not only sad to see it unfold but it's also sad that it's just become par for the course like like it's people accept that now like oh a wrestler died drugs okay. You know what I mean? Like it. Like WWE has obviously rehab and treatment programs for their performers, but there are some guys that they're just they're so far gone already that you know you don't even know what to do with them.
1: Uh, I actually thought before you go, I thought you were going to talk about the possibility of um, WWE's programming minimizing the pay-per-views. I thought you was actually going to talk about that as well. The
0: reason I didn't talk about that is because we're at a point right now and this is this the term pay-per-view doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Like pay-per-view is not even a pay-per-view. Like they're like, "Yeah, we're going to start doing more special events." It's like, "Hello, they're all special events." <laughs> like like that's why I didn't really go into it because it's essentially reinforcing some it's, it's a redundant statement. In the sense of, oh, you know, the Royal Rumble pay per view. If you buy the network, it's not a pay per view. Like, I genuinely would love to poll, you know, conduct a poll and ask if anyone out there is still paying $60 a clip. That's true. Dude, I'd love to know. I want to know, like, yo, is anyone out there still buying pay per views if you can access the network? On top of the fact that I'm going to give you a statistic. And, and and it's funny. It's funny that you went there and you mentioned that. But to to add to it and to and to help gift wrap it, WWE posted their fourth quarter financial results. They announced that the WWE Network ended the the quarter with 1.2 million paid subscribers by the end of the fourth quarter. That is a representation of a 49 percent increase and only a 1% drop from the third quarter of 2015. So Yay. and and here's the <laughs> kicker. The network hit an all-time high of 1.24 million average paid subscribers for the quarter, which represented a 72% increase from the prior year's quarter. Not only that, but the network has already expanded into Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and Japan. There's also expansion on the horizon for China, Thailand and the Philippines. The goal is that by the quarters end the network had already 277,000 international subscribers. But
1: this is what I said early on when everybody was 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 worried about how successful the network was going to be, and it looks like the nu- the numbers aren't showing the projection was. And we had said it. We said, yep, they hadn't gone international yet. Yep, the the content hasn't hasn't expanded yet. Now the library is growing. You know, it's become listen overseas and and us as diehard wrestling fans, we don't really care about the new shit. We love going and diving into the old stuff because we, now we get it easier. We don't have to do it anymore. A hundred percent. Now but we can get the old
0: stuff. One thing I do have to say, if they were smart, and this is just a way to just help uh, the old school performers, is the fact that, you know, when you are doing television and your show gets syndicated, that you still get residuals? Right. I would give residuals to those performers. Not a lot, exactly, but enough, you know? Right. Because it's like, the company, WWE is successful. You know, they're already planning to add 300 hours of original content. 300 hours, dude. Not to mention that there's still 1,000 hours of archive content that they want to add to the on-demand library.
1: And don't let them get their full grasp of... of, of Content they have not yet to get yep. you know more of the you know the smoky mountains or the mid south and yep. all don't, don't don't let all that stuff get out there yet.
0: Oh well, well, here's here's a kicker. And this is not even counting the network. You want to hear something crazy? WWE content garnered more than 8 billion with a B <laughs> views on YouTube. WWE has the nice. most followed sports channel on YouTube and is the second most followed sports brand on Facebook. You see what I'm saying, dude?
1: One of those speechless moments, and everybody says, "Oh, but the viewership and the the fan following is down."
0: Let me let me no, tell you,
1: just how they watching it.
0: Let me tell you, dude. If WWE turned around tomorrow and said, "Yo, we're just putting Raw and SmackDown on the network," dude, they could write their own ticket because they could get their own advertisers.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's true.
0: They don't, they, dude. They don't even have it's to true. try. They don't even have to try, yo. Yeah, it's true. You know? We're gonna sell ad space on the network. And this is the thing. People are like, yo man, what why why do I have ads? Dude, it's it's five seconds. <laughs> Most of the time it's for shop zone or for some fucking toy. Give me a break. Exactly. You know, we're not going like Hulu where Hulu, you know, you're paying for the shit and you got commercials. I mean you could pay now a little bit more and have a completely commercial free experience. But even still, if WWE wanted to do that, they could. They could say, yo, you don't want any commercials? Well it's fifteen bucks a month. Meh. Still ch- still cheaper than a pay per view dude any way you slice it. I'll buy it. There you go. <laughs> I'll so, get it in early. So you know I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned, you know, that just because I it, it was a good way to address it. But it's like, oh, that we're doing away with pay per views. You've already done away with them. <laughs> You've done it. You know what it is, dude, dude, the, 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 the term pay-per-view is right up there with beeper. <laughs> like the only, the only thing that has a pay-per-view nowadays is boxing and the UFC wrestling pay-per-views. Even, even ring of honor, dude, I pay-per-view. Man, easy
1: access, it's right there. It's like you don't have to you're not you're not coming out of your pockets and hopefully that you're not gonna be able to pay your rent. It's that easy to get it now. Yep,
0: and that's the thing, dude. Like the days of viewing parties and yo man a couple of us are gonna chip in to buy a paper, you don't even need it. Hell, you don't even want motherfuckers in your house. <laughs> you're like, yo, I'm good, I got the network.
1: Your phone. You can watch it on your phone.
0: There you go. You can watch it on your phone. Like that's and it's it's like what Val just said the UFC needs to get on the grind and do what WWE did with the with fight pass. You pay a, pre- a predetermined amount and you get to watch all the fights, dude. They'd get paid, especially because they have a library of other promotions. They got other stuff, they got Strike Force videos, they got WEC, they got Elite XC, they got Invicta. They're starting to add the, um, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu stuff, the Glory uh, uh, kickboxing series. Dude, I'd pay I'd pay the UFC the $10 a month.
1: I think at the end of the day that we're going to see this all happening in the next coming years. But there's some people who are just don't want to be stubborn and say, "Thank you WWE for opening up the door."
0: That uh, 100%. <laughs> dude, WWE and 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 I've said this before. WWE has turned the business model on its head. Because everybody thought that it couldn't be done, and they fucking did it. Mm-hmm. They're the only original content provider that still exists in a live space with with Raw and a, and, and, and a televised space on SmackDown. And the best part is that they can turn around and go, hey, watch the rest of the overrun on the network. <laughs> they don't, I, and I always
1: said that they should, they should bank on that more.
0: Yep, I agree. They
1: should really bank on that more.
0: I agree 100%. But, yeah, I mean, you know, overall, that's that's pretty much where we stand as a, as a whole with regards to, you know, just WWE Network, the WWE Network crushing it right now. And all we can do is just, you know, keep giving them our $10, dude. Like, I tell people and all the time.
1: Get out of my... you know my account every
0: month that's it man you know they they, shit they're selling prepaid cars at walmart like yo here's three months like that's when you know you've made it when you're when you're on the kiosk that's when you're when you're right next to spotify and pandora and netflix you've made it (laughs) period anyway um a couple of things to to wrap things up before we we take it away um as i said at the start of the show Our WWE Funko Pop giveaway is in full effect. Um, Right now, we are uh, fully into the contest. You can go to RageWorks.net forward slash win WWE Pops. Uh, We are giving away five of them. Roman Reigns, Brie Bella, who competes this weekend, Paige, The Rock, and of course, Andre the Giant. Rules are simple. Head over to RageWorks.net forward slash win WWE Pops follow the instructions on the on the page and enter the contest. You have three chances to enter. One is obviously commenting on the post. Just make sure to use the uh, navigation bar and the navigation application that's there so we can track all the entries. And um, you can also enter via social media following Rageworks on Twitter and Entertainment Earth that each counts as one entry. Of course, uh, my colleague Jay Santee will be Uh, discussing it as well on TRSS, which I know he will be recording one this week as well. Uh, Jay, uh, anything else you wanted to add?
1: Yeah, just as you mentioned, this week on the regular season sportscast, I have an exclusive in-studio interview with Isaiah Cassidy, House of Glories, one half of their tag team uh, champions of uh, the private party. I got an exclusive. You guys, check it out. We're also going to be talking uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, also the happenings that went on in sports, as well as in-depth, as well as you guys did with Turbuckle Tabloid. I'm going to see if I could bring somebody in to come talk about it, just as you did with me. And more buffoonery and shenanigans, as always.
0: All right. And, of course, uh, where can people find you, Jay, and uh, participate and keep up with TRSS?
1: Sure, you could get us at facebook you get us in the open group the regular season sports cast, as well as on instagram you get us at the regular season sports you could get me on twitter at rwj santi rwj santi subscribe to the youtube page the regular season sportscast and on snapchat get me on snapchat with waterbed red check it out
0: there you go all right, brother man. As always, uh, thank you for the assist. Um, TRSS this week, folks. Definitely check it out. Uh, Jay and, and his crew, um, all his regulars from Leti La Loca, and all his uh, his uh, <laughs> cast of characters that he's created for himself over there are crushing it, giving you the latest and greatest on sports, uh, a little wrestling. Sometimes they sprinkle some MMA in there. Um, if you're into the New York culture scene, a lot of a lot of inside New York jokes in there as well um definitely props to jay for all the hard work he's put into the show uh show your support check it out uh just look for my take radio on stitcher uh tune in radio and itunes and you can find trss there as well jay thank you for the assist brother i appreciate it uh definitely appreciate all your contributions
1: thank you sir and all you people who listen to my take radio and all the other shows as well as trss get your psych
0: meds ready there you go. Later. All right, brother. Peace. Squash. All right. There you go. Uh, Jay Santee, regular season sports cast, helped us wrap it up. Uh, that's going to wrap up the wrestling segment for this week as well. I've given you my take on MMA and wrestling for this week. I would love to hear yours. Hit us up on social media Facebook, facebook.com forward slash uh, official rageworks. On Twitter, we are at rage underscore works. You can also find us on Pinterest, Google Plus, Rageworks on Instagram. We are also Rageworks on Snapchat as well. Always love to interact with all the readers, listeners, and viewers. So by all means, do not hesitate to reach out. Uh, join me later on today, since it is now officially Thursday, for the gaming and entertainment edition of My Take Radio broadcasting live at eleven p.m. Eastern, eight PM Pacific on MTR Live. Dot com. You'll also be able to listen to the live stream on MTRLive.com and participate in the chat. Archived episodes of this show will be available on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio for audio format. For video, you can find it on My Take Radio TV and Official RageWorks on YouTube. And last but not least, uh, the WWE Funko Pops contest is in full effect. Uh, currently going on right now at RageWorks.net forward slash win WWE Pops. You'll be able to enter the contest there, and the winner will be announced next Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. That's February 24th, 2016, and we'll announce the winner and ship those out to you. All right, guys, on behalf of myself, Jay, and the rest of the RageWorks and MTR family, Thank you guys for tuning in, as always, and I appreciate your support. I am out of here. Peace.